Hey everyone, welcome to the Dream Hustle Podcast, the show that shares authentic and unfiltered advice on how to build and grow a successful dream business online. I'm your host, Shana Recker. I'm a business and online entrepreneur, and I love helping women bust through the fears and find the strategies to make their dream business come to life. My guests and I keep everything super real here for you guys with our stories and tips for success. So let's dig into today's episode. Hey everyone, welcome to today's episode. And and today I have an awesome guest to share with you guys. Her name is Therese Skelly and Therese works with high achieving women in business who are committed to making a difference. She is a former psychotherapist and marketing consultant. She focuses on helping her clients show up and be fiercely and steadfastly present so that they can create their dream businesses in life. And I'm so excited to share this awesome conversation I had with Therese with all of y'all. So get ready and here we go. Welcome to the Dream Hustle Podcast. We are so excited to be chatting with you today. Thanks, it's great to be here. Okay, awesome. Well, the way that I love to start these podcasts is I love for my audience to hear your story. So how did you go, how did you get to become an entrepreneur? Where did this start for you? What were some of the things you struggled with? All of the stuff, because I think that there's so much inspiration in hearing those stories. It's a really, it's, you know, the, the cool part is that I wasn't like an intentional entrepreneur and, and, and some people, you know, set that I didn't, I didn't. So the first thing I did, I, so I used to be a psychotherapist. I was married. I had a couple kids. I worked in a counseling agency and like back in like 1990, a colleague of mine was talking about how, how bad it was, right? Like, and we just were like, yeah, we should quit and start our own. And so I just came home to my husband and said, I'm going to start my own business. I knew nothing, Shane. I mean, it was just like, and he was like, okay, whatever. There's a difference though between having a business and a practice, right? And so that was when I had small kids and I worked pretty much part-time. So, but I have actually have been self-employed since 1990. So that's a, that's a lot of years of freedom. And so, so I still was a therapist. And I moved into life coaching. So I took the training. So again, it's, it's not a big uh, difference between therapy questions and work. But one day I had gone to a networking meeting. And this was back in 2000, probably four, three or four. And what was funny is when I came in the room saying, I'm a coach, people would say, what, golf or tennis? Yeah. Because there wasn't a proliferation of coaches, right? And so because I got on their newsletter for being at that one event, they sent a little newsletter that said business coaches want it. So something in me said, you must apply. Now, teaching point number one, there is nothing on paper that would have said, oh my gosh, like you, because I have a criminal justice undergraduate. I actually was a prison guard. I worked in a prison and I was a counselor. I worked with drug addicts and couples and I never once worked in business. I didn't know anything about business. And so the crazy part is literally my hands are, you know, moving to the keyboard, filling out an application. My brain's going, ah, <laughs> what the heck are you doing? Right. And what I know today is that was my soul. That was the guidance that literally changed every single thing in my life. Like the, I, I pinpoint who I have been the last 15 or however many years ago, everything's changed because I followed the guidance mm. as crazy as it was, because it made no logical sense. Like nobody would have hired me. Like seriously on paper, really? You were a prison guard? Sure. <laughs> Help me build my business, you prison guard. Like that makes no logical sense, but I listened. And so I started on boom, the next time business coach. And it was like, Oh good God, like I know nothing, but thankfully I had a really good 
coaching company, got lots of great mentoring. And so it was just kind of for the first few years working in other people's companies while I kind of, you know, grew my strength as a coach. Then I went out on my own. But the hard part is because here's what I know, and you, you can probably relate to this. When you are up for sale, it's very different, right? As a service-based provider, it's a whole different game than like selling for somebody else or selling a commodity. Mm-hmm. And so the other part that a lot of your people are going to bump into as if, if you're endeavoring to do this is all your stuff comes up, right? Like when you're like, like I had, I had a friend who had an MBA. She was super successful in the business world and she started her own business. She's like, it doesn't transfer. I was such a badass when I was in corporate world and then blah, 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 blah. she just was struggling because that's what happens. And so immediately I just bumped into my stuff. And the biggest one is that I couldn't own my value. And that's a huge part of what I teach today because it's sort of weird when I say it now, because people look at me like, what? I had a chip on my shoulder that I was only a therapist. Because I thought, well, I should, I should have worked in corporate. I should, I should know how to do a spreadsheet, you know. <laughs> and so for years, I literally came in basically apologizing that I was only a therapist. Yeah. And so what happened is, thank God, I had, you know, we all need our business girlfriends to kick our asses from time to time, right? And so I had some business girlfriends that sat me down and said, what are you doing? Because I was, back in the day, I was called a marketing strategist, right? And then I kind of would sneak in mindset, but I would just like, I was... I was out in the world as a marketer. And so my business girlfriends just were like, there's nobody better at this mindset stuff than you. Like, why do you not own it? And I was, I remember the day, like I came home and I stripped off all the words marketing from my side. And I'm like, okay, I do mindset. And I was terrified just to like be who I was. Cause I didn't think who I was, was enough. Yeah. And now most people will say, oh my gosh, I, to- I would totally hire you because you used to be a therapist. Like, duh. And it's so, it's so like self-evident, but for whatever reason, I just, I just had that, that like, wasn't enough, wasn't enough, wasn't enough. So that's been just the journey is like, what do I really want to do and how do I claim it and own it? But that's kind of difficult. That's not as easy as building a website. Like it's hard to, this internal stuff is a lot harder to own. So that's the backstory. I love that. And, and, and I love the fact that, you know, cause I think that on our journeys, because my journey was, I'm kind of an accidental entrepreneur as mm-hmm. well. Um, our journeys, I feel like the things that we've gone through, like even for you being a prison guard and all of those things, those were all things that were preparing you, you know, experience wise and, and just, you know, ex- yeah, just basically experience wise to bring you to where you are today. Like, I'm sure there are probably things that you pull from all of those different careers. So much so. Maybe not so much the prison guard, you know. <laughs> no, but what it, the prison guard thing, I, I really loved it, but I was actually on another podcast and, and we talked about, I don't usually talk about being a prison guard, but you know what it, it taught me, Shana, at a very, because I was a baby, I was like 24, um, there before the grace of God go I, you know, I drunk drove, I had, you know, we, I, so it really showed me like, we're not that different. And how dare I judge just because I'm on this side of it and you're on that side of it. So it was really very illuminating for like a little 24 year old codependent to be in the prison guard role. But it really showed me a different slice of humanity and, and humanity in myself. Right. Yeah. And also showed me that I was a leader. Cause I always rise up. I was rise. <laughs> so I'm like this little five feet, two, 105 pound little baby prison guard. And I'm running the place, you know, many times. And I'm like, they could beat me up any day, yeah. but I was kind to them. And I was respectful to the inmates and I didn't view them as, as a lot of guards viewed them. And so it showed me in me, like I have this really big capacity and I didn't know, you know, all right, who thinks at 24, like hark, this will serve me later. Yeah. But it does. But that's, 
right? Absolutely. Yeah. It was like kind of like when you look back, I'm like, well, that was a weird career choice. (laughs) But I feel like those things are, they, they happen for us, right? Like it's something that just gets absolutely 100% in the time we don't see it, but in, in the long run, it's it's what it is. And, and I think the other thing that you had mentioned too, that happens to a lot of people. And I know this, this has happened to me before too, is our identity gets wrapped into sort of what we went to school for, you know, like at such a young age, we have to decide what we're going to do for a living. I have a seven of our lives yeah. space right now. And I keep telling him like, don't, don't feel like what you're choosing today has to be your thing forever. You just have to start somewhere and that is going to lead you down a path. So figure out where you want to start, but don't feel like that has to be your end all be all. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like the same for you. your identity kind of got wrapped into that um, you know, the, the consulting or the, um, counseling and, and then, you know, right. Filling out that application to be a business coach. Like, well, I'll, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you the second part of the story. Um, I have been gradually sneaking because I used to think I'd say to myself, okay, do I want to stand on the stage with like the top marketers or do I want to stand on the stage with Wayne Dyer? You know, and I'm like, I love you marketers, but bye-bye. You know what I mean? And so, so what I'm really all about, like when my clients come in, it's like, yes, I want to help you make money. Yes. I want to have you have a fabulous business, but I want to help you be a fabulous version of you. I want your whole life to transform. I, and people come to me and they'll be like, I thought he was growing my business, but you saved my life. And I do that all the time. And that's not a business coach. It's so, so it's funny to me that people come to me for business coaching. And over the years, Shana, I just have like, it's really strange because people started asking me less and less for marketing and strategy and more and more for clearing more and more for like, God, I'm really struggling. I want to do this and I can't let myself. And, and so I've even just, Oh, this was a big one. Like a few months ago, I even dropped the term business coach. That was a hard one. <laughs> you can walk in there and be like, I'm a business coach, like loud and proud baby. Right. And I'm like, I'm just, I'm, I'm a, a guide, a mentor, a business woman. Like I don't even know how to say it yet. Right. This is what I want to focus on. I, there's a lot of people that can give you strategy, but there's not as many people that have the gifts I have that can help you release that, like unleash yourself. Right. And so the journey always continues. That's what I'm saying is even when you land something three years later, you're like, I don't want to do that anymore. And there's, there's a lot of surrender and a lot of like, it's like disequilibrium to be like, ah, but all that sold, they know me for that. But then you just got to keep following that thing in you that always wants more. Right. And so that's, I'm all about that. Yeah, no. And I love that. And it's following that tug. Cause I, I know in, in my own career, I've changed, I'm, um, you know, a few different times and, and you pivot because you mm-hmm. get to learn about what you really like and don't like by taking action and doing, and then that kind of moves you on a path. Yeah. Um, and so I think that that's really cool. And one of the things that you had mentioned too is money mindset is one of the things you'd mentioned. And I'd love to chat about that because I truly believe that money mindset is something that um, a lot of people can get into being an entrepreneur and starting a business and they struggle and they struggle making money and they struggle pricing their products and they struggle doing these things because they have money mindset issues. Um, and I know I deal with that myself. So I'd love to hear your take on money mindset, some myths or anything that you want to bust around that and and just have a little discussion around your thoughts and beliefs when you're, oh, this could be like, well, like get <laughs> water, guys, put your seatbelts on. This could be like three hours. Like this is a big, big topic. And this is the thing. So let's tell you a tiny story, right? So I got divorced. Um, my son was 12 and we were driving. I live in Scottsdale, Arizona. So we we're driving in this like kind of fancy place. And, 
And after I got divorced, like my ex-husband and I made, he made so much money that we never had to think about it. We literally never had to manage. We were like, kind of like children. We did like all own that. We were really immature with finances, but we just had a bunch, never had to worry. So we get divorced and I, I basically have a six figure lifestyle because I have alimony in my own business. And so we're driving down this like fancy area of Scottsdale. And I say to my then 12 year old son, you know what, if I get married again, my next husband might have enough money and then we could join that country club and you could play basketball. And he looks at me, Shana, and says, or why don't you just make the money mom? Mm. Smart kid. <laughs> and, and, and in that moment, now what you have to know, because I think I, I was in my 40s then, and in that moment, I had to, I had to like, oh, good hell, there's like a Cinderella living in me. Because in my marriage, while the husband brought the paycheck home, I did everything. I had the, the identity of being like the feminist. And I'm, ah, and yet I'm like, oh, maybe a man will save me. I'm trying to depict in that story is that we have cultural archetypes. We have gender norms that we buy into that influence. Because if you would have said, hey, do you think, you know, and I'd just been like, oh, hell no, like I'm burning bras. Like, you know what I mean? I'm like this really powerful woman. And going, well, maybe a man will take care of me. And until those words fell out of my mouth, I didn't know it was living in me. Yeah. What I did, I had to go to, like, to therapy because I had to like rewire. I got some neurolinguistic programming around women and money. But my point with that story is we carry in things that we're not even aware of. And so that's the first place because I teach this all the time is like how you're being with money. Where'd you learn it? Whose is it? Mm -hmm. So like you could do, there's a really cool one you do. Like you can understand what's, I'd always say you want to make your, the unconscious conscious. Cause when you have a f awareness, you have choice. So for example, just fill in the sentences like women with money are, mm. um, if I had a bunch of money, I would, like, um, people, um, like, like money means, you know what I mean? Like you want to really yeah. dive in. You want to yeah. do the work of like, and I also have this other thing. Um, I don't know how deep you want me to go, but like in terms of money minds and all this, I'll just go for a minute. I call it the guilt, greed, God phenomenon, right? So if I had money, mm. what would I feel guilty for? Mm. And what happens is, see, I'm, I'm showing you like, these are all the points of resistance. Why you get stuck, right? Cause who doesn't want money? We're all like, of course, I want more. I can handle more. But there's all these things that are going to be like, yeah, no, 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 no. And the guilt thing is, who would you feel guilty being ahead of? Like, like a lot of us would be like, gosh, if I, I feel guilty that I made more than my father. Or I feel guilty that my friends would might feel weird that I said, you see me like, is there a guilt in you? The great part is, who would I become if I had money? Now, again, your rational mind is going to say, I'd still be wonderful. What are you talking about? I and mean, for me, even up until three years ago, when I first started, I worked in somebody's coaching company and they changed a lot. Like I saw this person get successful and just turn into this like lying, disingenuous, all the things we think of money makes people icky. And that was that person. And so unconsciously I made the decision, like I won't make money because I don't want to be like that person. I didn't know that was living in me, right? But so the, so the, so the greed, like, is there something in you that says, if money comes to me, then I'll be like that, or only greedy people have money. And then the God piece is, like, spiritually, like, there's some mis misinformation around, it's, it's better to be poor. You know, it's like, there's like virtuous stuff that's, can you be spiritual and wealthy at the same time? So those are just some pieces 
the places you can look, right? Yeah. Like questions you can ask yourself to go, whoa, do I have a money mindset? I mean, there's a whole bigger topic, but those are some starting points. Well, those are really good because even the the guilty for, like when you said that, I was kind of like, oh, yeah, you know what, actually, like Did I it hit for you? relatives and family members who, you know, aren't wealthy or, or yeah. you know, that, that are just, you know, kind of getting by. And I feel like, oh, my, like I, that puts me into a different space than family, you know, and yeah. I grew up in a space with, with not a lot of, you know, money. And there is definitely like a little sense of a thing. And I, and I, and I feel like what we do and is that I feel like when subconsciously we have those thoughts of, oh, if I make money, then that's going to separate me from my family. So what I do is I self-sabotage so that I can stay in my comfort zone, even if that comfort zone is uncomfortable. I know. And the thing is, nobody, nobody wakes up and says, oh, it's Thursday. I think I'll sabotage, right? But that's what happens. And so, so one indicator of self-sabotage is the pattern of stop, start. Like, I want to do it. Oh, hold on. I can't do it. And can I just show you something, Shannon? Are you, yeah. are you open like really fast? Okay, so I use a pendulum. So what happens is I get intuitive hits. I do like energy stuff. I get intuitive hits. And that that like guilt guilt thing, that greed, greed thing, um, it's affecting you. Do you want to know how much it's affecting you? You want to know the hold it has on you? Sure, I'd love to hear that. Okay, 70%. So that's a big one. That's a big energetic hold for you. Um I want to just explain quick for those listening. So a pendulum is like the long string that has like a a, kind of like a crystal or like a menu swing it. And then you're picking up some energetic vibes from listening. (laughs) I didn't know if it was video or not. So for you, the the way out of that is find the part that holds that. I can tell you the age if you want to go there, but, but like you can find the part because the grown up you knows that's not true. The grown up, is giving permission. Obviously you're on the path, right? And you probably know, no, the more money I have, the more I can serve, the more it's, it won't turn me into this bad guy, but there's that part of you. So just like you would talk to a child, you would want to also turn the part and say, honey, that's not true. Like, I know you're scared. You know what I mean? So that was a perfect example of when you find something, the way out of it is to identify like, like and I love that you're so real, like, wow, that Boom, yeah. there's a little hit from there. You know what I mean? So that was really good. Thanks for letting yeah. me play with you there. You have to be. I, I truly believe to be successful as an entrepreneur in life in general is you have to be you have to be honest and you have to be real mm. and you have to be authentic. And it's the only way, like by covering up and you know, faking mm. and trying to be something else and posing, especially with social media and all these things. <sighs> That, that I think that you may get some, some short success with that, but it's not going to be long-term. And I think the long-term success comes from really being real and authentic and putting your true self out there, which I know is part of what you do as well as help women, uh, help your clients, um, move past some of those blocks that hold them back. Because I feel like, like you said, when you become an entrepreneur, you do have to put yourself out there. You do. And you do. can't yeah. put fake person out there. <laughs> you could, but it's not going to last, right? Yeah. Well, you know what I say is, so, so let's just say you're a coach or a web designer or a massage therapist, whatever you are. Imagine there are a hundred of you in the room, right? And your target market is standing there going, how do I pick? Like, I don't, I don't, like, like y'all sound the same. Yeah. Your rates may be very little bit, but you're all, you're all making the same promises. So that's literally, that's a question you want to ask yourself. If there were a hundred of my competitors and me in the room, 
why would somebody choose me? And usually, Shane, it's so funny, people would give me the answers and I'm like, eh, you know, like, well, I care about my clients. I'm like, I should hope so, not a differentiator, right? And so it's very often the stories, it's the humanity, the, like the messiness. Like I sometimes swear I can be a little sassy. I went through a bankruptcy. I've got a young, sexy boyfriend, you know? And I just like, like, let it all out. Let it all out. Now, some people go, why do you have to swear? And I'm like, well, but why? Because good marketing also repels the people that are not an energetic match. But then I have other people that go, oh my God, you talked about your bankruptcy story, so I know you can get me. You're not going to judge me. Right? So we're so afraid to be seen because we have shame. You know, my that is my whole, I'm like a shame buster. We have like, if they knew, oh my gosh, it'll discredit me or I'll be judged. But it's actually the opposite. That's the point where people can connect with you and just go, oh my God. Like, like you just going, I kind of have that. I'm like, I love you more now. You know what I mean? I would feel more, I would be like, oh, she's so cool. She's like so real. I want to talk to her. I, you want to lean in when somebody shows their humanity. But back up to how many of us have heard the stories of like, you know, you got to be perfect. You got to look right. Don't say anything if, if you're going to say something stupid. And so we have so much visibility. We have so many challenges with visibility. It's, it's really hard. Like it's super hard. Well, and like I say, especially with social media, it's like, you've got to show up and you've got to like, you know, share and, and talk on stories. And it takes sometimes yeah. so long to even just hold the button and say anything, let alone to like, you know, share a personal story of some sort. And I think, you know, and I I think for, for those of you guys listening that may struggle in that space, there's uh, one, I think you just have to do it. You have to just (laughs) hear, because here's the thing, the fear is not going to go away, right? Like the fear is always going to be there. You have to push through the fear so that you realize it's not as scary as you think. Mm-hmm. And then it really comes down to practice, right? Like, absolutely. Like how long have you been doing this kind of stuff? Right. It's not like we're perfect when we, and, and we're never going to be perfect, but you're, you're not, the way you get better is by being bad first. <laughs> you know, I love it. I love it. Give yourself permission. Yeah. And, and you know, after the 10th video, you're not going to care as much. So one of the questions I want to ask you, because this is also, um, I was doing some research on you and you were talking about, you know, helping people be aligned. You know, there's a, yeah. people that word alignment around yeah. a lot right now. I feel like it's a total, you know, popular word and, and, yeah. and it's, it's important. And I, I know what it means, but what is your definition of helping somebody be aligned and how does that impact their business and their success? So let's define it. And then how do, how do we link you? Yeah. And you do branding and you can, you can help nail it down. You know, it's a, it's a word I've now moved off of the space of the really tangible grounded things that I, <laughs> and I'm in the more esoteric woo and it's a little harder to talk about. Right. But those who get it, get it. Right. So to be aligned. So if you think about alignment, it kind of, I think of it like energetically, like, let's say I say, would you, would you like to go sell shoes for a living? You might be like, uh, like you would get a, uh, like your body would recoil. You would have a, so I, my personal belief is that we have like a soul mission. We have things that are ours to do. And if you're really lined up with that, you know, cause some people are just, you know, greedy little capitalists, like their businesses are just, I don't care about people. <laughs> That's not your people. It's not my people. Yeah. For most of us, our business is like our purpose or our mission. Like it's an expression of our ministry or our gifts in the world. Right. And so very often when we start, I know when I started, the council was, just take anybody, anybody with a pulse and a credit card, <laughs> which is totally fine, and just a whole bunch of experience. And eventually you kind of sort, start sorting out like, oh, that feels good. No, not so much. I like this. And so that's in the beginning, 
you might not be as aligned. You know what I mean? So you're going to align, like you might not know your exact packages, programs, branding, messaging, but you can start aligning to feelings mm. or states, right? Like I want people that are high vibe, if you will, or I want people that are fun and cool. Like I want people that it's okay if I, you know, pray in one minute and swear in the next minute. You know what I mean? Like, so again, you, you don't have to, it's kind of like it gets, the more you do it, the more clear you get and the more specific. So in the beginning you say, how do I want to feel when I work with this person? Or how do I want to be when I show up at work? Mm-hmm. Right? So then as you get more, more into it and you do it for a longer period of time, you're going to, I always say the work informs itself. The way I teach my clients and the way I live is I don't just look to a guru and say, tell me what to do, right? I, I am my own source. And obviously I, I reach out, I get support all the time, but there's something in you that wants to come out. Now, most of us are like, oh, like me, I told you this story, like it took me years to get to, and my, my friends are kicking me in the butt. My mentors are like, come on. And I'm like, but I'm scared. What if they don't, you know, what I mean? it was just silly. And I have all the tools, but I'm like, oh my gosh. And so the aligned thing, the thing that you do, you would do it for free because it is so hot for you. So like, oh my God, like it's like that flow state, that timeless, like, oh my God, more please. You know? And you want to shoot for that. Now that doesn't pop out. It's not like birth, like a 10 pound baby. It's just like, huh? So you kind of start and then you, you pivot a couple degrees and pivot and pivot and pivot. And so alignment, like let's say, you know, you're out of alignment when either things that you used to do no longer have the um, energy around it. Yeah. You feel differently about it. Yeah. Like, God, it used to sell. I used to love it, but, eh. or they just stop selling. It's just like, God's going, yeah, no, you don't get to play here anymore. Right. And sometimes to get into alignment, the hard part is that you have to surrender or let go of what you previously have done. And that's that scary space, right? There has to be a void. It's like, in essence, you're birthing a new creation very often. So you can't have your plate totally full you sometimes got to step away and, you know, my, I'm like faith, trust, and surrender. That is like my whole motto. So you let go and then you say, okay, what's next? And you listen and don't let your brain talk you out of it. Don't, oh my God, that's too big. No, there, nobody, yeah. be quiet. How does it feel in your body? How does it feel in your soul? Right? How do you imagine, imagine yourself doing it? How does it feel? So those are some cues the alignment. I, and I, and I agree hundred percent. And I know even in my own business, like I started, when I started, um, my coaching business, I started coaching mm-hmm. marketers and I was doing that for a while. Cause that's what I did. That's what I thought right. I was good at. Right. And I feel like to get into alignment, you have to take action on something. Absolutely. That's the way you know what you want by knowing what you don't want. Right. So, and, and so by starting in that zone, it got me to actually get into the coaching field, get into the online mm-hmm. space. But then about a year and a half in, it just didn't feel right. I would say they were out of alignment and mm-hmm. things weren't going well. And I was kind of in this weird space and it was listening to what was coming to me at the time. My thoughts that I was doing the right thing, just in the wrong sort of subject. Oh, right. right. And, and then you pivot. And then you pivot and then you figure it out and then, and it'll probably change again at some point, like much like we've been talking about. Um, and, and, and I think the other thing too is like, 
the things that we end up doing, I, I know for me, I try, much like you, I was trying to push away. I used to be a graphic designer. That's where I started. Mm-hmm. And I was pushing that away, trying to push it away. But you know, that feeling you talked about that when you're working on something and you love it and like you yeah. can just do it for hours for me doing some of that work. Oh. Right? So you have to listen to those things. Like I just thought I was done with that career, but it's not that I was done with it. It's just that I needed to figure out a, a new way to bring it in exactly. Thinking about starting a business. It's like, figure out what feels good to you. You know, what do you mm-hmm. like to do? And then start there. And then having that faith that if it doesn't work out, the next thing will show itself. So what is it exactly? So then if, if someone wanted to work with you, can you share a little bit about sort of your, what you do? How do you do it? Um, you know, all the little things about that. Well, I would first start, we would do a deep dive because the people that I work with are understanding that it's not like they're not coming to me for a six figure strategy. Like that's anybody can bang that out. Right. And I don't need, I don't have a lot of faith in that and I don't mean to disparage anything, but what I understand is that I could give you a six figure strategy because this would happen all the time. I would give amazing strategies and my clients would, and they would be like, Oh my gosh, yes. And three weeks later they come back and go, well, I couldn't do it. That's the place, right? Because the unconscious, all the things that hold you back, because everybody's smart. Everybody's hardworking. Like nobody's half-assing their lives. Like everybody's doing the best they can, but because of whatever, if it's trauma or if it's old beliefs or if it's limiting, limiting thought, whatever thing is, there's something that holds people back from being really fully unleashed. And so what I do is we get together and we have the first call is like, just who are you? Like, and I just do a really deep dive. You know, I'm so crazy intuitive. Like, like with you, I'm like, (laughs) I start twitching going, ah, there's something there. So, so my process is align, clear, and embody, right? So we get you aligned. Okay, this is what we're working towards, right? That's, that's the path. That's what we're doing. Yeah, what's going to mess that up? Like what in you is screaming right now? <laughs> this crazy nut job trees is saying that you can do what? Right? And so, and sometimes those are really clear. Sometimes it only comes when you throw yourself into the pool, right? Only comes when you're in action. Like if you have a fear of heights and you and I are sitting my my living room in Scottsdale, you're like, what? What if I say, hey, let's go to the Space Needle. (laughs) Wait, 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 wait. (laughs) So that's what happens is the more you push yourself, the more you push into, you know, the the limits of what you've known, that's when the stuff emerges. So then I, I get all that cleared. I use all my energy tools. And then the next piece is embody. And this is a really critical one. Okay, you know what you want. You're all cleared. But who do you have to be? Like it really, this is the identity. Because lots of people, we can do the first couple pieces, but if you don't show up as that person, like if you, if you don't, if you don't have that, like I'll, I'll tell you, this is so funny. When I was a therapist, I, I was brand new and a woman was very large, you know, a few hundred pounds and she dieted down and she got like to a size two because she, she was a small woman and she was beautiful. And I said, my gosh, Laura, what's it like when you look in the mirror? And she goes, I still see the fat girl. And I didn't understand the concept. Now they call it body dysmorphia, right? So she said it was only if I look at the labels in my pants. And so what I know that happens, Shana, is like very often you'll be really ahead. Like in the world, you're doing all these things, but your identity is still that old identity. Yeah. I know that's me. Like all my friends, like when I start <laughs> shifting, my friends are like, uh, nobody's coming to you for marketing. Like, like, I don't know what your deal is. Like you're, we've, we've already known this about you. <laughs> and so piece of embodiment and that's, can you show up and hold that energy of this is me, this is mine. It is, you know what I mean? So that's, that's how we work together. So I just, you know, what are, what do you want to work on? Okay. Then we get you going. 
And that self-image piece is huge because if you don't see yourself as, you know, like, or if you don't start acting as if you're already successful and you're already things, then I feel like that, that can totally hold you back. Cause I know like I experienced that myself and it's like, you have to, I do a lot of journaling work, like, you mm-hmm. know, writing, you know, writing out my future self, future life. What does it look like? Mm-hmm. And really kind of ingrain that in. So do you have tools like that? Like what are some, some of your top tools that you recommend to help, um, you know, change that self-image to help. Yeah. So again, I deal a lot with the resistance, right? So it was, first of all, we, we paint the picture. I used to say, I can hold your vision for you until you can get there. So I literally live you into your vision. And so sometimes when we have no idea what that is, it takes somebody from the outside to go, no, I see you as this. Like, wow, you could take your version of you that kind of sucks, or you could take my version of you that thinks you're amazing. Which one would you choose, right? So some of it is some of it is just the reflection. I consider it a container. Like I literally hold you until you grow into this next thing and energetically, emotionally with support. One of the biggest tools that I tell people is your brain is not your friend. Because most of us, you know, like I say, okay, go double your rates or go, you know, go to apply to be a speaker here or go something. There would be a little kind of on the edge. What's going to happen is your, your fear is going to kick in. You're going to start hearing those thoughts. And so if you understand biologically, your brain is wired to tell you what could go wrong. Like from the cave days when people were, you know, animals were jumping up. So <laughs> there we go. There we go. So our brain literally is always on hyper alert. Go, oh my God, what are they going to think? That's not going to happen. I'm seriously, I just went through it six months ago when I was like, I'm not going to be the business coach. Nobody's going to believe me. <laughs> like what? The biggest tool is tell your brain to shut up. Like, because most people listen to those negative thoughts and then they go, oh, I had that thought. That must be true. Oh. So my, my, the biggest thing I teach people is what I call how to not collapse. Like how to, when, like how to stay the course, be unstoppable, how to not let your mind or your emotions or your energy just pull you under because it's going to happen. Like you're really at risk. The more you want the more you push yourself out there, the more vulnerable you're going to be. And it's in those places. So the big tool is if my dog starts barking, we go, oh, she's so cute. She's just alerting because that's she's a dog, right? Yeah. So if you could imagine your thoughts when they're telling you the things like it's not going to work. Who do you think you are? Your family's not going to like you if you make more money. You might, you know, anything else. You just go, oh, shh, down girl, shh, down girl. So if you can start learning some of those tools, that's really super helpful. Yeah, I agree. No, that's good. And I think that's, it's like creating that awareness of, you know, of saying to yourself, cause I've, I've often had to do this myself, Shana, is that real or exactly. is a story you've made up? Love it. I right? love it. Yeah. You can tell, you can literally convince yourself of something before it's even actually happening. 100%. And we're really good at, especially if you're a little bit of a drama queen. Oh, good hell. Yeah. Can we thinking and being like, oh, but if I ask her, she's going to think this. And like, what if she thinks that? And then, oh my gosh. And then she's going to tell that person. And you've got this like giant story made up. Of ah. It hasn't even happened. And you no, know, and I literally just had this happen and I, and I did it anyways. I did what I needed to do. Yeah. The person came back was like, yeah, absolutely. I'll totally do that with you. And I was like, right. And it's the same, like for those that are listening, that are sitting in that space of indecision of, should I start this business or should I make this transition or should I make this pivot? And you're sitting there and you're telling yourself all of these stories about what could happen, you know, and of course we always go to the negative when there's tons of positive stories that you're telling yourself instead, like what if you do it and it totally changes your life for the better? You know, what if everybody loves you? What if you become the next superstar, whatever, Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. in your field. So it's, I think creating that awareness around the story, you know, reminding yourself, is this real or is this a story? And then if, if you are telling yourself a bad story, replace it with a positive story, like what could go right, you know, and then, you know, that I think that's going to be more motivational (laughs) to take action. Much more. So I love that. That's awesome. And I, and I truly, like, I can relate to what you're saying a lot as an entrepreneur, that there are so many things that, you know, we mindset wise that stop us from actually Mm -hmm. doing things Mm -hmm. we want to do in business. So yeah, um, it's great that you're out there and you're helping in that space. I love that. Um, so if our audience were to, uh, find you on Instagram, on the web, all those fun places, where can they find you? So TeresaGelly.com is my website. Um, I'm very active on Facebook and Shana, this is fun. I just started a new Facebook group and it's for women to, um, it's called Fierce AF (laughs) because I wrote, actually wrote a manifesto, how to be fiercely here, because I think a lot of women particularly were not given permission to step up and own their value. And to, you know, a lot of, a lot of people, a lot of women are waiting for permission to be successful, to be seen, to, to step up. And, and it's like, if you're over 40, you weren't raised with Oprah. You were raised with, you know, June Cleaver. And you were raised with women that couldn't be bold and did not have permission. And so a lot of women still outsource their authority. They still, you know, it's like, is it okay that I'd be here? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Is it all right? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And so I have this fiercely here manifesto and I have this fabulous Facebook group. Um, and I'm just really helping women step up. Like, how do you have boundaries? How do you own it? How do you be not afraid? And so I'm super excited. Just started like a week ago. So awesome. Well, we'll put the links to that. Um, and obviously you're probably on Instagram as well. You can find me on Instagram. Yeah. I don't do that very much. I, you know, post a picture of the boyfriend occasionally. I'm not that active on Instagram. So for sure. Let's get that on. And we'll put that in our show notes for your Perfect. want to find Therese, you can obviously go on a Facebook and search, but also links into the show notes uh, and you can find those at shanerecker.com. So I love this. This has been such a great conversation. Very powerful. So many great uh, tips, awesome wisdom coming from you. So thank you so much for sharing all of that. It's been great to be here. Any last things? I know you have something on your website that people can download too. Don't just Just a little video series. And that's actually a really good one. It shows you where your money blocks are. Oh, I like that. Okay. Awesome. This has been so great. Thank you so much, Teresa. I appreciate your time and I'm excited to be able to share you with our listeners. And thank um, you. Thank you. Thank you. So thank you so much for being on.